Hi everyone, thank you for joining in. In a few moments, oh, here she is. Our guest is ready to join. So let me go ahead and connect her. I'm excited to continue with um, episode number two of the Stories of Resilience series. And today we're going to be focusing on um, cultivating resilience in our children. Oh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Now I can. Yes, perfect. Yay! Okay. Okay. So, um, yes, I was saying today we are continuing the resiliency series, the stories of resilience with Vanessa. And um, we're going to be talking about how to cultivate and strengthen that um, sense of resilience in our children. So I want to give you a few moments to introduce yourself. Thank you. So my name is Vanessa De Jesus. I um, go by on Instagram, Counselor De Jesus, and I have been an educator and counselor for 15 years combined. So I started out as a second grade teacher, which I absolutely loved, and then I knew that I wanted to do more. Um, so then I became a school counselor, and I always knew that I wanted to have a private practice eventually someday. So I recently, um, not recently, about a year and a half ago, got my provisional license as a LAC. I have about a year and a half left to become an LPC. So I have two separate lives. Thank you. <laughs> Two separate lives with going to school during the day or working at a middle school during the day and then in the afternoon, um, you know, doing in-home therapy and running social skills groups and things like that. So anything kids, don't talk to me about anybody older than 15. <laughs> okay. okay, so that's perfect because that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Um, our, in our first episode, we talked about um, resiliency during our adult life, just some of the things that a lot of us go through. Um, breakup and today we want to focus on okay how do we instill that into our children at a young age so that when they become adults it's easier for them to learn how to navigate life struggles so um first i wanted you to define resilience in your own words how would you define resilience when i speak i feel like sometimes and this is not too um you know, put people down or anything like that. But I'm so used to talking to kids all day that I kind of make it at their level so they kind of understand. So the way I explain it to kids is really when you, you know, drop down to the floor with, from whatever you feel or when somebody, you know, gets you down or you yourself feel down, how do you get up and brush your shoulders off and keep going? And that right. they seem really to understand. Um, so it's really how you cope with challenges and how you're able to overcome so that when faced with that challenge again, you may still feel down, but how you're able going to, how you're going to be able to rise and, and rise above that. Yes. That's beautiful. That makes sense Thanks. for all of us. <laughs> so, yeah. Because those trials are going to come, but it's learning how to deal with them. That's right. the key. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, um, you work mostly with children. Um, so, when, when, could you share an experience of like when you started realizing how resilient children can be? Well, I'll tell you first, um, I worked in a middle school specifically for 11 years now, and then in an elementary school for four years prior to that. And about, I want to say nine years ago or so, we had a counselor who wanted to run a resilience group. And my first language is Spanish. I didn't start learning English until I was about five or six years old, once school started. Okay. Um, 
So she kept saying, oh, this resilience group, this resilience group. And I was like, what is she talking about? I had no idea. I didn't understand what the word resilient meant just because it didn't come naturally to me. So I learned over time that yes, I do know what resilience means and we see it in kids all the time. And I think the common misconception is that um, kids don't have a lot of stress or they're okay or they have nothing to worry about. They're kids. And that's so false. And I see it now with even my son who just recently turned five and he's stressed out all the time. Now, whether it be <laughs> this size stress or this right. size stress right. is a completely different story, but it's true to them. And that's right. what and we as parents... Mm-hmm. Yeah, stress is stress no matter what. So whether we as parents or educators or counselors, we really need to understand that their stress is real. You know, their perception is real. That's your true story. Um, so we can see it in very early ages. Now, working in a middle school, every day is an adventure. Every day is completely different. You never know what you're going to get. And, um, and, and their stressors are, are the biggest thing in their world at that point in time. And it can blur out any test, any quiz, anything else. If their friendships or relationships, whether it be with, you know, at home or in school, if they're broken, nothing else is happening. So I think in a middle school, I see it, you know, it's in my face. And I think in high school would probably be the same, but even in little ones, the stress is there too. Um, and when I, did I see that they were resilient every single day? However, the level of resiliency, that's where it gets interesting because some kids learn how to cope earlier and some can cope better than others, but it doesn't mean that they can't cope as time goes on based upon what we model and what we teach them. Okay. Yes. Yes. And so when um, you so I guess these are kind of combined for you, like the the when do you real when did you realize how resilient children could be? And when or where do you see those examples of resilience in them? Um, But would you be able to maybe like share an example of of where you see resilience? Absolutely. I'll share both. I'll share where I don't see it. And then where I do see it. Just today is an example. I had a kiddo who, you know, they have their phones on all the time, right? Because that's the day and age that we live in now. And I had a kiddo who right before recess, um, he couldn't contact his parents. And he had no idea where they were. Now, there was nothing going on. He felt okay. He just felt like he needed to contact his parents. And he cannot get a hold of them. And it became from, from functioning okay to really almost deteriorating at that very moment because something so little was so grand in his mind. And we really had to do breathing exercises and really get him through so that he can understand that's okay. You, you, I can't reach my parents, but they're okay and safe. I'm okay and safe, and I can overcome that. So that's an example of where I had to to talk about resilience without really using the word, because that's a big word sometimes for them to understand. Right. Right. Um, but really talk to him that he was okay, he was safe, and then what are we going to do to handle these emotions, to cope with these emotions? So that was something just today that I didn't see. Um, and actually, to come to think about it just today, I had a, another student who, who had um, a close relative who just passed away, actually a parent who just passed away. And, and that's really tough. And seeing her strongness and, and, you know, her saying, my dad's okay and I'm sad, but it's okay to be sad and I am going to, to be okay and I'm going to, you know, overcome this. I don't think she used the word overcome, but something along those lines. So right. in one day, now that I think about it, the right. you know, two opposite ends. Right. And that's an example right there of like one of the key factors of it is acceptance. Like at such a young age, like it's 
Right. The word might not be something they use, but in that example, like she was demonstrating acceptance, like accepting, like, yes, this has happened. Yes, I'm sad. Yes, this sadness is telling me something and it's there for a reason. And at the same time, I know that I'm going to be okay. I know right. that things are going to be able to go on. And wow. I, yeah. I haven't lost any of my parents or like a close loved one yet, but I can just yeah. imagine like the amount of sorrow and then going to school and having to function at school and being able to do that, hold on to those like positive, that positive story. Like she has a positive schema going on. So that's definitely like these concepts that we put big words to as adults is something that how, like what age group are you in right now? Again? This is middle school. So middle sixth, seventh, school. and eighth grade. Yeah. So that's powerful right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the main things I think in building resilience, which I know we'll probably eventually get to, is building that relationship. So first, for the students to be comfortable enough to go to anyone, whether it be their school counselor, whether it be a teacher, um, anybody in their lives, and obviously, you know, parents and, and loved ones at home, so that they can confide in them, a relationship and a rapport has to be there first. Um, and then the honesty, and I told her that exact same thing. I have my parents, I can't imagine how you feel right now. And even that, like the, the honesty going back and forth, that makes a big difference in kids' lives because if they don't feel that, that you're being genuine one and that you're not connecting with them at some level or you're yeah, talking up here and they're here. Yeah. Right. Then right. if there's no trust, there's nothing. Right. Yeah. And so let's just jump into it. Cause that's a perfect <laughs> way. That's a perfect segue into what are some things um, that we can be teaching our children so that they can strengthen their resilience over time. So you mentioned already building relationship because just having that secure bond, like that does so many things by itself. Outside of that, what are some of the things that we could be practicing to help strengthen that resilience? I think it starts from when they're at a young age. Now, infancy is not my um, area of expertise, but from things that I read and studies that are out there, they say that it's really important, you know, we don't want to um, let a child to be crying for so long because we want to build that trust so that their, their language is cry or their language is play, depending on where they're at. Right, and if right. they're speaking to us in that language and we don't, it's not that they're trying to manipulate us or things like that, although they learn once you cry, then somebody's going to tend to me. Um, but we want to make sure that we're building the trust from infancy. Um, and then as far as being resilient, once they learn a little bit more and they're talking and they're walking and, and they know kind of what's going on, um, for a couple of things. First, as parents and, you know, as, as anybody who has, you know, little ones, uh, when we have little ones in our lives, we want to raise in and swoop and, and be Superman and be the superhero and nothing's going to happen to you because I love you so much. However, kids sometimes need to learn to fail because there's grace in learning to fail. There's a lot of lessons in learning to, in when they fail. And then instead of being the superhero to, to, to kind of rescue them, we can be the safety net and the cheerleaders on the I side, like the safety that. net to like catch them. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Cause we don't want to let them like fall hard on the floor. You know what I mean? But we want to make sure that we're there so that when they are failing, then walking side by side with them. And again, not talking down to them, but side by side so that they know, okay, this person trusts me. Um, this person is here to help me, but I need to kind of help myself too. And I right. think that that's really important. Right. And then as, as that safety net, I love that, that just image too, because it's like from an early age, we can teach them how to deal with rejection and then we could walk by their side and, and, and 
um, I was gonna say hold their hand, but that kind of takes like the, you know, the protective <laughs> image, but you know, just be with them and walk through that process with them. So that yeah. when they become adults, when they become teenagers, and they're a little less reliant on us, they've already been there and done that. Just this time, they're doing it on their own. On their own. But as children, we can, instead of just preventing everything, allowing them to go through these experiences and teaching them that failure is okay. In fact, failure is a lesson learned. Failure is something that can um, help us transform into something smarter, into something faster, into something wiser. Um, but yeah, just going through that process with them versus just avoiding them or preventing them from experiencing anything altogether. Right. I like to think, um, I'm a big sports fan, um, so I like to think uh, when w the kids are younger or, you know, in a school-based sense, um, when the kids first enter middle school, um, they're a coach. So I'm coaching them, I'm, I'm guiding them through, but by the end of it, I'm their cheerleader. And it's, we're always there on the sidelines, always there, again, at the safety net, but, you know, you want them to start kind of doing things on their own. But we have to realize they're not going to do that at the age of two, three, four. And sometimes they can't do that even when they're older. But they have to have the trust and the confidence that somebody's going to be there to help them, but not always do the thing for them. And right. I think in the society that we live in now, that's a little tough because we're a little overprotective because of just the world that we live in today. But we need to, as we want kids to trust us, we also have to tr have trust in our kids that they can be okay. Yeah. One of um, someone in the comments, Vanessa, she said preparation as well as protection. And I think oh, I that's like that. a beautiful summary right there. Thank you. Vanessa. Yeah. Oh, and I hope you're catching those because I'm talking away and I'm missing all the comments. Yeah. So <laughs> comment yeah. on, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, someone else mentioned relationship as conduit. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the beautiful summary right there, too. I love that. Okay. Um, was so there anything else that you would suggest for, um, yeah, building and just cultivating that resilience? Yeah, I think it's really important. And this comes whether it be about resiliency, whether it be about um, when we're talking about mistreatment and bullying, um, whether we would be, you know, just having like confident kids is building confidence, which I know <laughs> I just used the word in that descriptor, but it's really important for our kids to, to be somewhat confident. And I don't mean cocky or anything like that, but for them to be confident that if they failed before, in a sense, if something didn't go their way, that, that they've learned um, from it, right? Because we're gonna be walking side by side with them, coaching or cheering them on, and they can use those learned skills to help them in a future challenge. So happy, having that confidence that they have that you know, within themselves. Um, yes. And along with that, knowing that they have the confidence to also learn or learn how to deal with failure and then learning what to do when you are going through a rough time, knowing how to rise above. So I think those two points are, are really important as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just having that, like those internalized beliefs, like I can do this, I can figure out a way. Okay. I might not know how, but I know that there's people around me that I could trust. There's that relationship again that will help me through this, knowing to reach out, mm -hmm. knowing how to, ask for help when it's needed and then knowing like I don't know the answer right now but I could figure it out and I don't know how just like the example um of the student you shared earlier but I know I'll be okay eventually yeah. and it sounds like she has those healthy beliefs already internalized and that's given her a sense of confidence and self-worth that those are essential aspects of resilience as well 
Absolutely. And then I think the question is, um, you know, especially as parents, but also those of us who work with children a lot is that, okay, so they have to have all these things. How do we teach them? How, how are they going to get these skills? And that's a big question because we can talk about it all day long, but if we're not modeling it for them, there um, you go. <laughs> that's there number you go. one for everything, whether it be counseling yes. or teaching, we have yes. to talk about it and we can't talk at them but we have to talk with them and model because if they right. don't see it, then how are they ever going to learn, you know? Yes. Um, and it's, again, not this type of thing, like I'm talking and you're going to listen to me, but modeling so that they can see. And even thinking out loud, whether it be as simple, again, my son is five, so now we're starting to play Candyland. And let me tell you, I've never seen so much stress than when he's losing <laughs> Candyland. <laughs> now, can I let him win all the time? Absolutely. But what is that going to teach him? You know, it's going to teach him how to pat himself on the back all the time. So I do, obviously, purposely, because it's not that hard to win at Candyland or whatever other shoots and ladders or whatever other game like that. But when I, when he's beating me, I talk things out loud. I talk things through. And it sounds kind of crazy when you're doing it, but for them, it's perfect, whether the child be 5 or 15, and actually saying out loud, like, oh. It, it stinks when I lose and, and I don't feel good inside, but you know what? I have another chance coming up or let's see what happens on the next card I turn over just to, to talk outside of yourself so that they hear that self-talk so that then they begin to internalize that as well. Right, 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 right. That's beautiful. And then, yeah, I don't know what to add to that. Like, that's, <laughs> like, like you did the, the, you know, in the clouds type of description and then gave a very practical way that we could apply okay. that. Like, they a lot of resilience is internal things and so with our children yes we can model it and they're very observant they could pick up on things very quickly but then also you learning to speak out loud that allows them to start internalizing some of your positive self-talk because i've mm -hmm. seen um you know in some of my work like a lot of parents that might be struggling with self-worth and then i'm doing family therapy then i notice that the children start um saying the things that they might hear mommy say when mommy looks in the mirror and she's saying, oh, you know, I look like something insulting and offensive about herself. And then you hear the little girl saying that as well. So sometimes we just speak those things out, but it's very important to do that intentionally with positive things too, so that they understand what that self-talk can be in a healthy way. So I love that, that example. That's a very good way to apply it practically. Yeah, somebody said before giving them in the comments, giving them the emotional vocabulary. Yes. And that's really good too. So my little one, um, you know, even as early as three, and he was a delayed speaker, but he can say, I'm frustrated with you. <laughs> you know, or he can say, my heart hurts, or you hurt my heart, because that's the, the words that I'm, I'm telling him so that he can learn. At first, he didn't know what frustrated meant, but he, oops, Sorry, I got a notification there. Um, so he didn't know what frustrated meant, but he, you know, then he got like, okay, so when my heart hurts, I might be sad or I might be frustrated or I might be angry. And that will eventually all get to the actual word that we want him to use. But um, we want to make sure that we ourselves are using that emotional vocabulary um, and that we're not using some other colorful words, if you know what I mean, because they pick up on that too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Would you add anything else? Or, Let me um, see. I wrote some notes so I wouldn't forget okay. anything. Um, okay. Oh, with um, the coping, um, 
making, I think, and that'll one thing rolls kind of into another. We want to try for them to have a growth mindset and a positive mindset with things. And I see that a lot in school. So you see, um, you know, the kids that kind of sometimes are okay with the seventies or eighties, you know, they're like, Oh, didn't do my best, but that's okay with me. Um, but then we see the kids that like, no, a 90 isn't good enough. I have to have a 95 or 95 isn't good to have enough. I have to get a 98. And we want to make sure that they understand that it's about learning. It's about growing. And that if you make a mistake that really gets you in a tough situation, yeah, it's tough. Or even if it wasn't your fault, it, it, it's, it's rough and it can feel like the, the world and the weight is on your shoulders, but it's not the end of the world because we always want to grow. And then how we learn from that situation for, for another one so that when we face things like that again, we know how to grow from there. So developing right. their mindset, and that goes along with everything we were talking about, the confidence, the confidence, um, giving them the coping skills so that they're learning from a young age, and then we're helping them, putting them into practice. And then eventually, as we're talking about the teenagers, even though I don't do teens, but um, we want to make sure that, that we're there as a safety net, but that we trust that they have the wings to fly because we've done our jobs as parents or as educators, as counselors, and even when we see kids outside of schools, that we're giving them the skills because at the end of the day, they're walking on their own. Um, right. Just today when I was talking to some of those kids, I said, um, for, for the one who had to call you know, um, the, the parents because he didn't, he didn't know if he was safe, I said, you want to make sure that you're driving a car and your emotions may be in the passenger seat. You want to make sure that the emotions aren't driving you, that you are driving yes. them. Yeah, I, I, I use that metaphor, too. I love it. Yeah, because it's important that they're there and they're in the car, but you never let them take the wheel. Like, they'll, right. they're the drunk drivers. Like, they could be there, <laughs> but don't let them take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have yeah. a comment there that's so important. We don't do it for them, um, what they can do for themselves. It gives them confidence in their capacities. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one thing I like about resilience as well. It holds that like paradox in balance, that struggle and that ability to to thrive. And then um, what you were sharing about the whole concept of like the grades, a lot of the time, you know, some of the children, they, they internalize that perfectionism or those standards or those expectations that we as parents may put on our children. Of course, we want the best for them. But sometimes the way we communicate it is in a harmful way. And then they're unable to um, handle those when when things happen that aren't perfect because that, you know, and in, in like perfectionism just limits us and in, in creates a, a barrier for us in so many different ways. However, when we're teaching them what you were saying, how to appreciate the process and how mm -hmm. to see things as a journey or as a learning experience or as a path versus it's just this goal that I need to attain. And if I don't get this, it's all or nothing. It's success or failure. Um, that's another like a central life tool that will help prevent so many other um, just challenges and difficulties that they'll go through. Like if that's something that we could teach our children early on, like that'll impact them socially once, you know, they become teens and they're in their romantic life and, right, and just yeah. like, yeah, going on applying for schools and things like that. Like it's just, applicable in so many areas but Absolutely. i really like that which you highlighted 
And something that you mentioned before, having that appreciation, which leads me to, it connected me um, to the idea of mindfulness, I think is also so very important and to teach them from when they're very, very little, um, because we want them to make sure that they're, they're being mindful in their actions and their reactions and their choices and not just reacting to things because when we're frustrated because of a challenge and we don't know how to cope, it's very easy to react, to go into the Hulk mode, as I call it, and then what happens after that? You know, we want to make sure that right. we're in control and that we can just be mindful and, and not react that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. to not get ourselves into situations. So that also starts at an early age with, with modeling, with teaching them, and with implementing it in different areas. Yeah, and I, I want to highlight what you said before earlier, just making sure our self-talk is spoken out loud too so they can learn that and yeah. like us earlier just giving them the words giving them the vocabulary so that they know Absolutely. so was there anything else on on this topic or are um no i think i think that kind of covers know? everything i think sometimes you also need to okay. yeah we, we kind of need to for our kids um listen listen more and talk less you know, because sometimes we, we talk so much and that sometimes we just need to like, just listen to our kids. Let's not put words in their mouth, but really sit down and listen. And if you have little ones, sit down and play because they will tell you so much through their play because that's their language. Um, I'm actually on the road to becoming a, a registered play therapist. So that's also one of my, my things that I'm really into. Um, but whether it be play if they're little or talk when they're older, listen because you'll get a lot more that way than just talking to them or at them all the time and that way you know what they're frustrated with and then we can put all the other skills that we talked about and help them through that and not just assume oh you have no stress or your stress is not a big deal or you're stressed out about this when it could be t something totally different yes yes and and then that that comes back full circle to one of the first things you shared that playing and that talking that listening that's what builds relationships that's what builds right. that emotional intimacy between us and our children. And so yeah. that also, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I said full circle for oh. like all around. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why, in your opinion, important? It's kind of been like uh, an assumption in our conversation and underlying so far. Why is it important that our children be resilient? Because if not, we have children who grow into adults who are like jello. They're like shaky all the time. They're not strong upon in themselves. And then, you know, I think about especially our generation now, the, the kids who are still in school, when they're adults and if they don't know how to, how to not deal with their emotions, but really cope with their problems, talk things out, think about, talk about all the things that, um, that we went through already, then what kind of adults are they going to become? Um, and that's really, we always have to be future oriented because one day we won't be here anymore and our kids will be taking care of us and their kids will be taking care of them. So what do we want our future societies to look like? And that's why it's so important to build resilience at such a young age. I agree. I agree hundred percent. There was an interesting um, question here. It says, wow, how do you help parents from families where listening to children is countercultural? It's really, it's something's a little bit of a challenge um, because we want to make sure that we're not, you know, stepping on their toes because obviously that's really big in, in, in their world because that's their culture and those are their own values. So we want to make sure that we're not saying 
our values are more important than yours, but really thinking about the whole child and that at the end of the day, our our number one interest is the well-being of that child. And whether we talk about educators or counselors or therapists outside of school, are, if we're dealing with kids, that's always our number one interest. So um, really making sure that we're at the same level with them and, and letting them know we want to make sure that they're okay and this is what we're seeing. And now let's work together to see, you know, how we can reach a happy medium. And I've seen from, with 15 years experience, with working with so many different cultures, especially with those that don't, um, you know, that, that have kind of like, the parents are here and the kids are here and that's it. I've seen that through conversation and through seeing them that we genuinely care, we can reach a happy medium, but we have to be very careful that we don't step on their values and say that they're not important because they definitely are. Right, right. And in, in my experience working with families, I've also had similar um, experiences where it just, you know, just the always being like on the same power structure level just doesn't make mm -hmm. sense culturally. And so one um, approach that was trying to figure out, okay, in what ways do they engage with their children? Because sometimes in some families, like, you know, we're suggesting that verbal piece is very important. But in other families, that engagement comes mm -hmm. through doing activities together. So, or together as a family, um, we, we have our spiritual practice together, or they have their own rituals or routines that that's how they create that, that bond. That's how they connect. And so figuring out how can we apply or expand the ways in which they are resting. And then right. also um, maybe adding on, seeing if they're open to, maybe this isn't how you do it all the time, but maybe ritual where for 30 minutes or an hour we have like this structured mm -hmm. playtime where during this structured hour or during this many times a week then we allow the children to kind of lead us so then they can they can choose what game we're going to play or they they can like right. give us the instructions or but they I, in my experience people tend to be open to that because it's like in general, it's not disrupting the family structure, you know, but there is a small, small amount of time where we're going to allow those boundaries to be moved around. around a little bit. Absolutely. I'm sorry, there was a little bit of a lag there, but I got everything okay. that you said. Um, and I think that's great, starting with small chunks and then eventually, you know, reaching a place where they're comfortable, but we have to start small and make sure that we're never, you know, offending the families that we're working with. Right. Right. Okay, so my last question for you, and if as we're wrapped up, if any of you have any other comments or questions, feel free to shoot them in the um, comment box. Um, who is it that you hope this this uh, story of resilience reaches today? Everybody. And in, in a... <laughs> what was the second thing you said and what? Yeah. Oh, no, I was like, and it's the internet, so kind of <laughs> I think one of the comments um, said before, uh, something along the lines of like, we hope that this goes on YouTube so it can reach a wider scope. And that's definitely an idea. Um, but I hope it reaches anybody who yes. works with kids, whether you have kids of your own, if you don't, if you're a, 
church youth group leader, if you're a Boy Scout leader, like if you're anything having to do with kids, and even if you're not there yet in your life, let's say you're in your, you know, earlier mid 20s, just keep it in mind so that when you do have kids of your own, or eventually when you come across a child that you know, just a little bit more. And none of us are experts in this. I mean, you know, we study, we go to school, um, and you know, we're licensed therapists. But as far as parenting, it kind of comes with experience. So it, it's learning how to listen, how to play, and, and you'll learn from your child and they will teach you whether you want to or not. <laughs> you'll learn a lot. Right. Yes. So uh, someone else in the comments asked, how can they connect with you? So if people want to know more about you or what you do, how can they reach you? Well, I'll be happy to connect with everybody. I love, um, I saw somebody's post, um, Oh, I forgot her her handle name. But at first, you know, going on on social media as a, an educator, a licensed therapist, you're like, huh, is this ethical? Like, you know, how, how is it that we can manage this? But I absolutely love it because we get to connect with some uh, such awesome professionals and just, you know, awesome people really all around the world, which is pretty amazing. So um, on Instagram, Counselor V De Jesus for Vanessa De Jesus. And um, I also am on Twitter, not too active. I'm really, my main focus is on Instagram. I also have a blog and a website. It's um, www.counselor-dejesus.com. And um, I release blogs and newsletters and everything is always with the focus of children in mind whether you're a parent or counselor or educator. Um, so also if you're on Instagram, go in the link in my bio and you can find it there. For real. Oh, so I'm not seeing counselor the Jesus. Um, you found oh, me? There you I are. know it's a little lagging. Can you hear okay? Okay. Can you hear? Okay. It, I, I don't know. I, hopefully it wasn't that way for everybody else. But on my end, like you were completely gone for a second and you just came okay. back now so okay I don't so know saying, um, the last um, part i heard really about the blog yeah so it's really the link in my bio has everything whether it be my blog or my website so you can just go there if you're on instagram it should be easy just go to my bio um and then you'll find everything on there okay all right thank you for joining me thank you. and this um all of this you share some good nuggets and some good application pieces i really like this it's good to think big picture but just like those examples of how to really apply it every single day that is so helpful so thank you so much thank you for having and for doing this whole series on resilience um, i'm looking forward to you know the ones to come all right i'll see you all on the gram <laughs> <Talk to you laughs> later. bye guys have a good night